Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. By no one's demand but our own. And from our home office here in the Gulch in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, it is the 615 Sessions brought to you by A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck Rising here with you. Uh, happy to be here with you on this late arriving pod in your feeds on a Tuesday. Just got back from St. Thomas Sports Park. A long day over there with the Tennessee Titans having just concluded uh, their phase three of the offseason program. For those of you at home who are not familiar with the NFL offseason terminology, that is the end of OTAs, organized team activities, uh, leading up to next week when we have mandatory minicamp over at St. Thomas Sports Park. So we look forward to that because it's just one step closer, thank God, to actual football, to where we can actually talk about legitimate things that are happening with the Tennessee Titans, about actual on-field product rather than what we're seeing from people in helmets, shoulder pads, and shorts. In fact, not even shoulder pads, just helmets and shorts. That's how desperate we are for football content at this time. Uh, we're going to chat with my buddy from the Tennessean, Eric Bacharach. He is the beat writer for the Tennessean, for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Eric will join us here momentarily. We'll talk a little bit about what we saw over the course of the three weeks, how the rookies have integrated with the veterans in their limited time together and in our limited, even more limited time, viewing them together. Uh, some things of note that came out of practice today, uh, some stuff that Mike Vrabel had to say, Adore Jackson, you'll hear from him. Uh, and actually, I, I wasn't sure the best way to go about this, uh, but Logan Ryan gave a very interesting press conference. Uh, he was one of the two players. He and Harold Landry were made available to us at the podium Today, the two players that we uh, get during our one day a week that is made available to the media during OTAs. Uh, and Logan talked a lot about the CBA, uh, a lot about uh, what the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, had to say recently about the expansion of the NFL season, his comments on the shortening, potentially, of the NFL preseason. Uh, and Logan was incredibly insightful, as Logan tends to be. Uh, so what I've decided to do for you all is to play that press conference in its entirety so that you can hear directly from the horse's mouth rather than me cutting up clips for you and going through the details and nuances of what Logan had to say. Better to just let Logan tell you himself. Uh, so we will play that for you to end the podcast. I'll come back, I'll wrap things up, and get you out of here on a Tuesday uh, since I am so late in getting this podcast to you. But first, Eric Bacharach of The Tennessean. Back here on the 615 Sessions, Buck Rising here with you, A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports Nashville.com. We have just concluded the phase three of the NFL offseason for the Tennessee Titans. OTAs have concluded, 
and joining me now to tell us all the things that we have learned from these invaluable three days of practice that we have been able to attend is my friend Eric Bacharach of the Tennessean at Eric Bacharach on Twitter. What's up, homie? Not too much, man. Thanks for having me on. Okay, now before we get started, be honest with me. Uh, how pissed were you that you were seemingly the only one on the Tennessee and sports staff that wasn't verified uh, last week? Because I saw Tommy Dees, I saw Paul Skurbina. They mm, got they mm-hmm. got the blue check mark. How much pettiness are you harboring for the fact that you didn't get yours? Oh, I, I uh, when it first happened, I was seething, and uh, it has not <laughs> relented. I'll say that uh, it is still still burning me dude what, uh, what the hell how does that even happen i don't know uh I, you you're gonna have to speak to our uh one of our digital people but uh you know my goal is to oh, so this is like legitimate internal beef that i'm instigating oh yeah i was uh i saw it happening and uh you know i was just kind of sitting there helplessly hoping praying to the twitter gods that it would happen to didn't twitter gods and uh yeah so here i am unverified uh so take that for whatever it's worth. Oh, it's okay. It's 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 my greatest fear deep down in my soul, Eric, to go to go <laughs> my entire sports media career without, without that godforsaken blue check. Oh, I know, man. It I is know, man. So... I felt like I was so close. It, uh, literally, literally, you were that close. You are closer than probably I will ever be. But just the, <laughs> t- the Twitter gods have slided us both in this fashion. Okay, ten, actual important content. Uh, tell me, tell me what we learned from these from these three weeks, the three days that we were able to go out and observe practice from watching these guys in helmets and pants. Uh, did we actually glean any useful information? Yeah, that's the thing. There's there's not a, a ton uh, you can glean from from shorts and no contact. Uh, but you know what you can glean is just sort of you know what passes the eye test. Uh, you know, today we saw. How Landry take the podium, and you know you, he just looks bigger. He's, yeah. uh, you know, he said he's about five pounds um, heavier, and that looks like five pounds of pure muscle just from, you know, what we saw today. Uh, you know, he kind of spoke about how uh, that's been a focus just to, to bulk up this off season. Spoke about how, um, you know, just having his old uh, strength coach or former strength coach in uh, Frank Pereno, uh, former strength coach at Boston College, now with the Titans, how that's helped him. Uh, how having you know Cameron Wake in the same uh, position group has helped him just in terms of you know looking to a guy that has sort of defied the test of time, uh, defied Father Time, and and, and kind of uh, you know really is writing the book as far as longevity in the NFL and and everything to do, everything you have to do to uh, you know keep your body in shape. Uh, so there's there's plenty of things like that. You know Cameron Wake is another guy who you know I just spent some time watching him today and. Uh, you know, I wrote uh, in, in one of my pieces today that, uh, you know, he looks 27, even though he's 37, could be 26, could be 25. He's just, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, exactly how much tread he has on the tires, but he certainly looks the part uh, and, and should be able to give the Titans a boost, uh, you know, when it comes to the pass attack. And then, you know, I think the biggest thing that you could really sort of take from from these types of practices with no contact are, you know, the, the quarterback passes, the wide receiver versus uh, DB matchups, and uh, you know we saw some some encouraging stuff from guys like uh, Tajay Sharp, Taewon Taylor, guys that you know going into this upcoming season uh, are in a, a bit of a different position. Uh, you know, just because the Titans did bring in Adam Humphries, they brought in uh, you know AJ Brown, who they drafted uh, in the second round, and so those two guys kind of find themselves a little bit farther down on the depth chart. Uh, but we saw you know some some really good uh, days from them. 
uh, Tajay and Taewon uh, out at St. Thomas. So, you know, there is some stuff you can take away. Uh, I will say for me, it's, uh, you know, just one step closer to actual football, <laughs> which is a reason to celebrate. <laughs> it's a amen, brother. We are looking for an actual on-field product to talk about. In the meantime, though, uh, it, it is worth note, uh, worth noting that Tajay and Taewon did have good practices uh, today uh-huh. as we have just left St. Thomas Sports Park, but that is in part because A.J. Brown was not on the field. He pulled up during the individual drills when we were able to film. I know Teron Davenport and Austin Stanley uh, mm-hmm. both got videos of that. He tweeted out and then deleted the tweet uh, but gave came back on Twitter with a uh, with an all good emoji uh, thumbs up uh, to indicate, I guess, that he is he has in his own words before he deleted the tweet dodged an injury bullet. Um, and and based on what we uh, what we saw on Twitter after the fact, uh, what is your level of concern legitimately uh, for AJ Brown? Uh, probably not. You know, not anything significant uh you know I, I really think it could just be you know this is uh they've got 10 days of otas and it's it's a lot of what they're doing now and uh, you know injuries like this can happen and you know maybe it was just a little bit of a tweak uh he did you know as you mentioned fire off that that uh that tweet dodged the bullet uh so you know i think he i think that seems to point to him receiving some good news about it um you know he was he quickly trotted off the field and didn't return after that so you know, there, there is some concern and, you know, hamstring injuries with wide receivers is, is a bit of a sore subject with the Titans, with Corey Davis. Um, you know, so I get that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not that terribly concerned, um, you know, about a young guy that's, that's really in shape. Uh, Might have tweaked something. But, uh, you know, I think those tweets that he did fire off uh, are encouraging. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see, uh, you know, how he looks, um, you know, sometime in the near future. Encouraging, if not ill-advised by the Titans PR staff, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I look at it, Eric, though, and I, 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 I think it serves as a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, not a warning, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, but it just, it serves as a reminder, I guess, that rookie wide receivers, no matter how good a shape they're in, no matter what they look like in, in helmet and shorts, no matter how big A.J. Brown or how wide A.J. Brown's shoulders are, that this is still a much different, a much, much more difficult adjustment from the college game, no matter whether you're coming from Western Michigan or the SEC. Uh, it's a different speed. It's a different different level of conditioning. And these guys, I, as a position, over the, historically, at least certainly in the past three or four years, they have a hard time adjusting to the NFL wide receivers do. I just think that it's it would be foolhardy for Titans fans to focus so much on A.J. Brown because he is, of course, the shiny new toy as they don't have their first-round pick available to them. Uh, I just think that it's, it, is, it serves as a, a precautionary tale that rookie-wide receivers are not immediate impact players. He may be the exception. He may contribute in a big way. But to put so much pressure on him uh, totally ignores the fact that there is there is quite an acclimation period uh, for him on an NFL roster, him or any wide receiver coming into the league. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that that sentiment. Um, and uh, you know, look, uh, Corey Davis is a guy that that um, you know is an example of that, just with his rookie season and how that went, and you know how injuries really slowed his progression there, and. Uh, you know, the one thing for A.J. Brown is he wasn't the number five overall pick 
you know, in the drafts, uh, he was a second round pick, um, you know, but the good thing is if, if you're a Titans fan is, you know, I think this year versus last year is you, you've actually got some on paper wide receiver depth. Um, you know, I think there's, there's seven guys. If you count Corey, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, AJ Brown, Taewon Tajay, uh, and then Darius Jennings and Cameron Batson, who both, you know, were, were, uh, impactful guys last year, especially mm-hmm. in special teams. Um, that's seven guys right there that, um, you know, have a case. Obviously, the, the first few of those are, are uh, you know, mainstays. But the last few guys, all those guys have, have uh, cases to, to be made for making this team, making the 53-man roster. Uh, so there is some depth there. So I, I think there's there's more of a safety net maybe this time this year than last year. Uh, and, and not to mention, you've got Delaney Walker coming back from an injury, you know, um, when he wasn't around all of last year for, you know, pretty much the entire season. Uh, so I think, you know, I think that is a reassuring thought. Uh, and I think that's why you bring in, you know, an Adam Humphreys. I think that's why, um, you know, they, they just put, uh, you know, less stock in, in maybe one guy. And, and you know, I totally understand uh, looking at A.J. Brown and, um, you know, a lot of draft analysts had him as their top guy uh, in this draft class. Sure. So, you know, I totally understand the hype there. But I do agree um, the transition from college to, to the pros, especially for a wide receiver, is difficult. You just don't see a ton of examples of, of uh, you know, that transition going, you know, extremely well the first year. Uh, but if you're a Titans fan, I would, you know, uh, put some stock in the fact that, uh, you know, it, at least on paper, it does appear that they've got, um, you know, some de- decent depth this uh season uh, or at least going into it yeah it, it'll be curious to see who is the uh who is the loser in terms of the numbers game yep. that they'll mm-hmm. ine- inevitably have to decide batson still has practice squad eligibility taiwan's uh-huh. contract situation and and draft position would indicate that he's probably uh i would i would imagine totally safe i would venture yeah. venture a bet uh, Tajay is somebody who it was brought up today in Mike Vrabel's press conference, uh, who they're looking at, who they can, can, who they can, who they think can help them contribute on special teams. He's not somebody who's going to be a returner, but he's somebody that can find a role on special teams, assuming that he stays healthy, assuming that the ankle problems that he experienced towards the end of the year that kind of derailed, uh, what looked to be a little bit of, a little bit of traction that he was getting. Uh, and mm-hmm. then of course you have Jennings, one of the best kick returners in the league. So it's it's a good problem to have if you're a Titans fan. Not exactly uh, a great proposition if you are a wide receiver at the bottom of the depth chart for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Corey Davis and, and Harold Landry, two young guys who we have mentioned uh, over the course of this interview. Harold seemed infinitely more comfortable in front of us, the media, today. He seemed I like agree. He, uh-huh. he seemed like he was very confident he seemed like he was not bothered at all. He seemed he did not he did not give us short answers. He's a, he's not exactly a, a boisterous person. He's he's soft spoken at least in our dealings with him. But his answers were enlightening. Uh, I I found based on what my previous experience with Harold Landry is mm-hmm. and Corey Davis the same. I mean I I know I do I do a different kind of interview when I have the players on the show. But Corey Corey was about as relaxed as I've heard him. Uh, on the 615 sessions a couple weeks ago when he was on with me, he carries himself right. differently on the practice field. I wonder, Eric, what you make of these young guys like Corey, like Harold, like Adoree Jackson, who seem to be more comfortable letting their personalities out. What does that say to us about how they'll perform on the field in terms of their comfort level? 
I think I think it bodes well. Uh, you know, I, I heard that that interview with Corey, and, and I completely agree. I think it was a great interview. I think. Uh, well, thank you. you Flattery know, will get you everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just we're used to approaching Corey in the locker room and getting these, um, you know, not exactly yes or no type answers, but Damn not near. a whole lot in the way of of insight. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, not quite the same with Harold last year, but I agree he was much more terse than than what we saw today. And uh, it was, uh, you know, refreshing. He looked different. We spoke about that. He sounded different. Uh, and I, you know, and he sure as hell looked different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how that translates onto the field, uh, hard to say, but y- you would think it bodes well just in terms of confidence carrying over from from these types of things, uh, you know, translating uh, in, into how they perform. And uh, listen, for, for, you know, the Titans, they absolutely need how Landry to take that second step mm. um, in year two. You know, just when you look at the fact that, um, I really thought edge rusher was, you know, for all the problems uh, that needed addressing on offense, which I think the Titans did a good job of addressing. Uh, I really thought edge, uh, you know, improving the edge was was arguably their top need uh, coming into this offseason. And, and they did do some things to to address that need, uh, you know, drafting DeAndre Walker in the fifth round. And, you know, by all accounts, I think that was a steal. Bringing in Cameron Wake, um, who's 37, so probably, uh, you know, more of a situational rotational guy. Uh, that's that's putting a lot of faith in Harold Landry to me, um, just to sort of take that next step. Considering you don't have Brian Arakpo, you don't have uh, Derek Morgan, uh, so so it's really Harold Landry leading that group. You know, with Cameron Wake, you've got Sharif Finch, uh, undrafted free agent from last year, who you know was a guy that surprised obviously, and uh, you could expect probably some good things from. But Landry is really that guy that you're looking to become that dominant, uh, you know, game changing impact player. Uh, and we saw glimpses of it last year. Uh, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of him uh, probably becoming more consistent. And, you know, he spoke a little bit to that fact today, just talking about how he's trying to add, add more moves, more counter moves to his repertoire. So he's not this, uh, you know, one trick pony, so to speak, because uh, what he does, he does very well. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it takes more than, than a move or two to succeed in the NFL at that position. So he's doing what he can just in terms of diversifying his his, uh, his skill set, what he brings to the table as an edge rusher to get to that point where he's an impact player. Uh, and the Titans really need it. They really need, uh, you know, that presence on the edge to disrupt the quarterback, uh, you know, because I think, you know, I think if they could get that from Harold, their defense is going to be in really good shape. By the way, terse, such a great SAT word by you. You're a there writer, you Eric. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Bacharach of the Tennessee and here with us on the 615 Sessions. Uh, mandatory minicamp on the horizon. It's the last exposure that we will get uh, to the Tennessee Titans before everybody breaks for NFL summer vacation and we finally uh, get a little downtime before we get closer and closer to actual football being played. Your expectations uh, based on what the contract situations are for the guys that we know who are coming up to get paid, there's no way that Kevin Byard holds out a mandatory minicamp, do you think? No, I don't think so because he's he's a guy that uh, you know whenever he's asked about it, uh, he he dismisses it politely. You know, he's he's very respectful about it. He doesn't say, you know, next question, but but he brings up the fact. Uh, that unlike he's, some he's so, people, was, unlike was that a subtle people, shot? Look at you. It was yeah. There you go. Uh, we asked uh, Derek Henry <laughs> about it the other day, and we got a next question, which Indeed you know you on did. some level, you know, I, I I get that. What's what's he supposed to say? Um, but, you know, if, if, if a guy comes out and says, 
uh, it is it is a little bit of a motivating factor, which you never expect them to. But, uh, you know, at the same time, for a guy like Marcus, who would never in a million years say something like that, and he didn't when he was asked about it, uh, you know, I, I think uh, for a guy like that, especially where, you know, uh, things are, are so sort of uh, dependent on what he does this season, mm. it should be a motivating factor for them. Um, and a guy like Kevin Byard, uh, you know, is a guy that that is going to get paid. He deserves to get paid. Uh, you know, he's one of the top players at his position in the league, if not the top player. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where we're waiting for somebody to show up. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Follow him on Twitter at Eric Bacharach. That's Eric with a K and read him on the Tennessee and in the Tennessee. And if you are still somebody who gets the newspaper uh, to your do- doorstep, but in all likelihood at thetennessean.com. My brother, I appreciate it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll do a little longer form podcast. We'll get the band back together. We'll do something you, sure. me, and Tehran in person, something like that as, as we, uh, as the dream team, absolutely, as we get closer uh, and closer to actual football. Thank God. Appreciate you stopping by, Eric. You got it. Thanks, Buck. We would need 18 18 game pay raise. You know, there's no reason. I don't think anybody wants to work. Um, if you only work 16 times or get paid 16 times a year, and you want to add two more months to my work or another month to my work, then you got to pay another month of work for sure. So I think um, obviously that has to be negotiated. I'm sure they want a lot of things. We want a lot of things. And thankfully, we have a CBA and we have some smart people on both sides to try to make everything that's fair. Is it strictly a monetary issue or is there a health issue in there for you guys as well for, for how tough it is to get through 16? Both, yeah, 100%. If health and safety is the number one priority or if we're worried about health and safety and putting in new helmets for concussions and monitoring practice and padded practices, adding two games doesn't seem like that helps with the health and safety side of things. So it's definitely a health and safety issue. It's definitely a money issue. Uh, those are a lot of things that's going on right now with the CBA and everything and being a, a, one, of the, one of the reps on the team is something I'm learning a lot about. Is there any any trade off there if preseason games got cut? And I know that's a totally different thing, but there's talk of that as a cut preseason ad regular season. I'm not the only person making the decisions in this, so uh, we don't get paid a lot in the preseason. That's just a whole another. We're going to a whole another press conference right now. We don't get. I mean, the owners, you know, they make a lot of money in the preseason. The players don't, so I don't get my salary in the preseason. Preseason salary actually comes out of players' benefits, along with playoff checks. So every playoff game that you see, every player gets the same amount of same check. So no matter how much you make, your season salary, it all gets cut until everyone makes equal pay. And that comes out of our benefits. So that, that's an issue that we're paying ourselves. We have a lot of uh, pre, pre-employment labor right now where we're paying ourselves during OTAs. We're paying ourselves during training camp. And they're playing games in, in preseason that we're not seeing the revenue of and the playoffs. So this is a whole other thing that I don't think Vrabel is going to want me to talk about at this moment today. But you obviously pay attention to this stuff. I mean, it's important to you as a guy who's been around, yes? It's my livelihood, of course. I mean, I want to know uh, not only my job, but there's people that played this game before me um, that, you know, did what they had to do to get free agency in sports, right? Um, Players weren't allowed to go to free agency. Bet Dick LeBeau had to play for the same team for 50 years. So, you know, we're talking about contract year. That's a blessing because, you know, guys like that had to do what they had to do for us to get free agency. So I had to do my, my... it's my job, my, my, my right, 
to be able to fight for some of these things for the younger guys who might not even know it yet, but to get, um, you know, ben health benefits and things of those health benefits for life and some of those things that we need to take stances on in order to help the game grow from a player perspective. So, yes, this is done before me. And I think as you become a player in this league and you take it uh, very important, like I do, to be a role, a role, uh, role model and a leader, not only off the field but on the field, you need to learn these things because this is my livelihood. This is how my, my wife goes to the doctor and this is how we pay health insurance and stuff so I should know something like that just like everyone else knows their benefits and their and, and their careers. Since we've hijacked the presser with this. Yeah, this is good. How, how much pride do you take in that role? How much work goes into knowing the ins and outs of all yeah, this? It's, it is. It's a lot of work. I mean, this is a we have a CBA that's expiring pretty soon. Uh, potential work stoppage. Um, and the guys need to take that seriously and we've had obviously some some meetings with, with the player reps in the off season, there's some weekly phone calls that guys around the league, my guys, the McCordy twins up there and Malcolm Jenkins and guys around the league who are the reps on their teams. We all trying to brainstorm ideas and figure out the best way as players to unite and try to educate our own players uh, to understand what we're fighting for. Because uh, unfortunately, we work really hard and we're blessed to be that this is a game that we play for the love of it, but it turns to a business and you can't let it be a business on one side. It needs to be a business on both sides when you come to the table. The idea of kind of having Has the preseason been for you what it's kind of, I guess, touted to be in the public of this development process, or is it maybe a little overblown? I think that it's um, a good question. It just everything has a lot of coverage now. You know, we don't know in the NBA um, what players go to practices in their off season. I don't know right now who went to spring training for the Phillies. I don't know if Bryce Harper went or not. It's not covered every day. So, I mean, obviously, because of NFL Network and the coverage, uh, this is entertainment that's every single day of the year. They move the draft back, the combine, everything is now in prime. I heard they run the combine in prime time. Guys are running 40s at 9 p.m. now. So, you know, they have viewers. So everything is about um, having good coverage. And I think the preseason is important to get in shape, to get reps, to get chemistry. But back in the day, preseason training camp, was put in before they had OTAs. There was no OTAs. Guys worked other jobs. They had training camp for a couple of weeks to get in shape. We work out all year. At this business, we work out all year. We have OTAs, and then we have a little break, and most of us go train for training camp. So we extended our offseason that right. The game has grown and changed back in the day. The salary, they had to work other jobs. Now this is our one job. So it just comes with it, and obviously um, there's, there's a lot of coverage and a lot of, uh, a lot of lens on us right now, so we just got to make sure that – you got to be able to handle the good, the ins and the, the good and the bad, the ins and outs of that. Plenty of interesting commentary there from Titans cornerback Logan Ryan at the podium at St. Thomas Sports Park on Tuesday. Always appreciate Logue's insight uh, and analysis, and he is certainly uh, an asset for the NFL Players Union, uh, to be sure. But that being said, that's going to do it for us today on this Late arriving edition of the 615 Sessions. Many thanks to our guest, Eric Bacharach of the Tennessean, for taking some of his time and wasting it here with us as we conclude OTAs. Thanks, of course, to you guys who rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, 615 Sessions. Make sure that you are giving it five stars on those ratings if you are, in fact, rating it. Four stars simply makes you a hater. We are available wherever your podcasts can be found SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, the list goes on and on and on. So there's really no excuse 
to not be listening to the 615 sessions. And by the way, just because the dead time in the NFL period is coming up or the in the NFL offseason is coming up, uh, we will have some very insightful interviews, some very different interviews from what you are typically accustomed to hearing on the 615 session, some wide-ranging college basketball, perhaps uh, somebody whose father, uh, a former NBA star, currently a future college basketball player here in Nashville. I not, I don't know if that's a subtle enough tease, but we look forward to many uh, different people and different personalities stopping by here on the program. So stick around. We're going to have some fun stuff coming up. Uh, thanks, of course, to the boys. Austin, Stanley, and Zach Bingham, A to Z Sports, weekdays, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. is where you can find their show streaming on Facebook Live and Periscope. Uh, make sure you are liking them on Facebook, following us on Twitter, at A to Z Sports, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, all of the socials that can be followed. Make sure you are giving us the appropriate amount of likes, hearts, emojis, all of the feelings. Uh, of course, remember, it is a Tuesday, so if there is still time by the time you get to this podcast, uh, you can submit your Titans questions to our Instagram page, at A to Z Sports on Instagram. If you go click on the story and submit your questions for me there, I will be happy to answer them. Uh, it may be a smart-ass response, but you know, you know what you're getting when you ask me questions. Uh, if you would like to ask questions that you would like answered, if you would like to do a mailbag, here on the 615 Sessions. Happy to do it. Uh, just make sure that you are submitting those mailbag questions to buck at a to z sports nashville.com. That's buck, B-U-C-K, at A-T-O-Z sports nashville.com. We also accept your music submissions. If you are somebody who is a part of the musical community here in Nashville, because we are Music City and we are damn proud of it, uh, we want to help incorporate you into what we're doing around here. If you would like to hear your music play me in, uh, as opposed to what we typically do, Old Town Road, um, I would be happy to take your musical submissions. All I need from you is if you're going to submit a, a, a song for us to play here on the podcast, uh, is I need permission from the artist in your email. A quick note about you as an artist or uh, about your band, what the song is, what the title is, what, what meaning it has to you, a little bit of background about you guys or you as an artist, uh, where you might be playing upcoming tours or upcoming tour stops that we may publicize for you. Uh, but do do make sure that you are submitting the permission of the uh, of the artist because I am not about lawsuits, but we would like to help you guys out if you would like to get involved. So you can also submit those to Buck at A to Z Sports Nashville. That being said, I'm Buck Rising, reminding you, Nashville, to stay hot. We'll talk to you on Thursday, right here on the 615 Sessions, brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.